0: Listener-supported, WNYC Studios. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. It's Monday, October 2nd. Here's the midday news from Michael Hill. The MTA is looking toward the future of flooding in New York after the remnants of tropical storm Ophelia hammered the region and paralyzed transportation. The agency says it pumped 20 million gallons of water from the subway system. MTA chair General Lieber told New York 1 this morning, "The entire system is vulnerable in the era of climate change. We need more pumping facilities. We need to attack all the ways in which water gets into the system. We need the streetscape where the asphalt's sometimes taken away the curb so the water doesn't flow to the right, catch basin. Right. All of those investments need to keep happening. New Yorkers in one neighborhood between Brooklyn and Queens, dubbed the Hole, are still facing the consequences of last week's flooding, and they blame the lack of a sewer system for their woes. Ruben Garcia has lived in that neighborhood for almost 55 years.
1: It needs a real sewer. <laughs> this is just pumps. The pump couldn't take all the water, too much water. They should get, do something about this already. As of yesterday,
0: water still covered some of the neighborhood streets. The National Weather Service says about seven to eight inches of rain accumulated in parts of Brooklyn and Queens during the storm, causing widespread flash flooding. The New York Mets are searching for a new manager to replace Buck Showalter. They've just named a new president of baseball operations, David Stearns, who grew up rooting for the Mets. The Amazons were less than amazing this season, finishing with a losing record and missing the playoffs. 74 and sunny now. Sunny and 77 for a hot day and breezy. Tomorrow and Wednesday will reach into the low 80s with haze and sunshine. Right now, 74 and sunny.
1: On this week's On the Media, does the rise of X signal the fall of traditional right-wing outlets? You don't have to have this website and a link that people have to click on. You can just say stuff and you can get attention. You know, you don't need to be Breitbart to do that anymore. Also, what does decolonization really mean? On this week's On the Media from WNYC. Find On the Media wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The temperatures are starting to dip, although today, tomorrow... Wednesday won't feel like it. Leaves are changing colors and spirit Halloween is taking over vacant shops across the city. That can only mean one thing for New York City renters, the return of those hissing and clanging radiators. October marks the start of heat season in the five boroughs when probably donors must turn on the heat in buildings once temperatures hit a certain point. WNYC's housing reporter David Brand joins us to explain how it works and what we can do if we don't have heat. David, what would you explain as the reason for a heat season and what
1: triggers heat season? Sure. So heat season began Sunday, yesterday, and it lasts until May 31st, whenever the outdoor temperature drops below 55 degrees. So not something we we probably have to worry about today, but it's going to be getting chillier and chillier soon. So whenever that happens, property owners must turn on the heat and keep indoor temperatures at 68 degrees or higher between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. and at least 62 degrees at night, and the, these laws have changed over the years, but they actually date back over a century. So in the late 1800s, early 1900s, landlords began replacing kitchen stoves, with central heating systems, talk about coal-powered furnaces, pumping steam through radiators. A lot of these still around today, actually. But they gave tenants less control. So there are also rules and, and guidance around ventilation. City officials were encouraging people to keep their windows open to circulate fresh air. This is around the time of the Spanish flu. And that led to even more cold weather complaints. So the city imposed these new minimum temperature laws and started issuing fines back in the 20s.
0: David, if our home is chilly and our landlord is not turning on the heat, what can we do? Is there a place to lodge a complaint?
1: Yeah, there's a few steps you can take here. So the first one, notify your landlord. Maybe they are aware, maybe the boiler is broken, they have a plumber on the way coming to make the fix. But if the landlord isn't responsive or they just don't turn on the heat, next step is to call 311, the city's uh, complaint and information system. So you can make a complaint by phone. You can also do it through the 311 online web portal. Uh, And that complaint goes to the city's housing agency, the Department of Housing Preservation and Development. They'll call you to see if the heat is on and if they can't reach you or you tell them it's not, they'll send an an inspector out. So the inspector arrives after a few days, takes the temperature. They'll also examine some other things like smoke detectors. They'll check for rats and roaches, and they may issue fines. But if the problem continues, HPD could even take the landlord to court. Uh, Relatively rare, but it's a possible option. You know, tenants can also do that. They can also sue to get their heat or pretty much any other problem fixed through what's called an HP action by asking a judge to order the landlord to fix the heat. Unfortunately, none of those result in a guaranteed or an immediate fix, but those are the steps that, that are available.
0: David, that explanation has me wondering, how many complaints does the city get each year and how common are heat issues and is it particularly bad for folks who live in public housing?
1: Well, pretty common. Uh, I talked with HPD the other day and they told me that they got 230,000 heat outage complaints last year. That's a lot. And they only had 300 inspectors responding to them. So, you know, they say they get to all of them. Uh, but with that many complaints and, you know, that few inspectors stretch pretty thin. So it can take a while. But city officials told me tenants should first contact their landlords. The point I had just made, the landlords should be communicating regularly with their tenants to let them know what's going on, when the fix will be done. And that could save some of these uh, through on calls and inspections, I guess, ideally. You know, you asked about public housing tenants. They do deal with chronic heat outages, unfortunately. The number decreased last year, and a federal monitor actually praised NYCHA's preventive maintenance work and their response times for heat outages. But that's cold comfort for public housing tenants who are stuck in freezing apartments. So when the heat is out, NYCHA tenants should call the Customer Contact Center at 718-707-7771 or use the My NYCHA website. To make a complaint and find out when the heat's coming back on.
0: David, just a few seconds left. And what if our apartment is unseasonably warm? Because sometimes that heat goes up, and it's like you're roasting in there. Is there anything we can do about that?
1: Yeah, a lot of New Yorkers know that problem too well. Uh, it gets too hot when the heat's pumping. It's from those uh, big, heavy-duty uh, <laughs> systems in the basement. But you know there really isn't that much you can do. HPD told me there's no maximum temperature rules during heat season. They did encourage tenants to contact their landlords again, ask them to turn the heat down. That's kind of the ideal situation because it saves money, saves energy, and saves a lot of uh, a lot of tough time in a stifling apartment during a, a chilly day.
0: Dabbling in my seas, housing reporter, David Brand. David, thank you.
1: Thanks a lot, Michael.
0: Thanks for listening. This is NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day for your top news headlines and occasional deep dives. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. More soon.
1: I'm David Remnick, and each week on The New Yorker Radio Hour, my colleagues and I unpack what's happening in a very complicated world. You'll hear from The New Yorker's award-winning reporters and thinkers, Jelani Cobb on race and justice, Jill Lepore on American history, Vincent Cunningham and Gia Tolentino on culture, Bill McKibben on climate change, and many more. To get the context behind events in the news, listen to The New Yorker Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.